I'm Lindsay. And I am an alcoholic. <laughs> and uh, recently, very recently, I started working with a new sponsor. And uh, so, you know, go buy another big book. And um, so I got another big book. And so we're making our trip through there. And this is a little different, but at any rate, um, I'm balking with her. I'm like, really? Do, do you know who I am? Do you know how long I've been sober? Do you, of course she knows because I used to sponsor her. You know, and so, but she has some something now that I want. And so what she's teaching me now is to identify, how to identify in the big book. And um, she goes, this will help you working with people. You need a new experience on how to work with people. And I'm like, do you know who I am? <laughs> do you not understand? So I'm still dealing with my pride and my ego and my fear. Some things take a while to change. So um, I've been sober since 1984, January 1st, 1984. It's crazy. It's crazy. And um, my first sponsor taught me a whole lot. I've been blessed in my sobriety with some incredible stinking teachers. And they've taught me incredible things about staying sober, about working a program, about praying, about asking God. Ask God. That's what the big book says over and over Ask God. We ask God. So I've been taught all these things, and my life had changed over and over and over. And I love the line in the big book where it says, the best years of our existence are still ahead of us. I'm going to be 58 in a couple of months, and I'm like, yeah, the best years of my existence are still ahead of me. I haven't had them yet. I want them. But I can't get them if I'm not in this book, if I'm not sharing this book. And I need to make one thing clear here. This is not my Bible. This is my big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. My Bible is something else entirely, okay? They work nicely together. I find some stuff in there that's in here. One of my favorites is some of us pick up, many of us pick up our mat and walk, right? Well, that came from that other book. In the other book, I'm not sure why this is happening. Okay. In that other book, there's a man on a mat who can't walk. He's trying to get into the pool of water to be healed. Right? And Jesus sees it. And Jesus kneels down beside him and says, do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? And then he says, pick up your mat and walk. Do you want to be well? Pick up your mat and walk. If this is the mat, then you have to have it, and it has to be broken, and you have to be replacing it every couple of years, because I'm telling you, they fall apart. <laughs> they fall, they're not made well. They're not made to last, so don't be afraid to continually get a new one. So my life changed from the time I got here in 1984. It changed over and over and over. And, uh, and I prayed and we did all, I did inventory, mo but I got to tell you, I got lazy too, because in, uh, at some point I was like doing four steps, but not necessarily a fifth. And, um, you know, I got lazy. I started resting on my laurels and, um, but God is good and God has been very merciful to me and, uh, he changed my heart. 
and he changed my life, and he changed everything about me. And he started it a long time ago. And um, so one day in my prayer, I started, um, I'd been confronted with how great he has changed my life. And, um, and I knew there was nothing I needed. There was nothing I wanted. There was nothing I needed. And I just thanked, it was just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And one day I started asking him, what can I do for you today, God? What can, you have done so much for me. What can I do for you today? And every day I asked that. And one day I received a phone call. And it was from a friend of mine. And, um, and, and they said, can you help me? And I said, yes. Right? That's what we learn how to do here. I'm, gonna, I'm here to help. And yes. And so he told me what he wanted help with. And I said, no. No. And um, he said, oh, okay. And he sounded a little confused, but okay. So days went on. I continued saying the same prayer. God, what can I do for you today? And my friend called me again. Can you help me? Yeah, sure. What do you need? And he told me the same thing. And I said, no. Okay. So... It took me a while to understand that when I'm asking God, what can I do for you today? God is calling my friend and saying, hey, call Lynn. She's ready. So finally, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, yes, yes, I'll do whatever you want. So it was a workshop. And so what happened was my life was about to be changing again. He made a commitment in me doing a workshop. He made a commitment to come to my house every Sunday evening for two hours to walk me through the big book. And we started with the preface. We started with the, actually we started before that. We started on the blank page. And um, but in the preface, it says, because this book has become the basic text for our society and has helped such a large number of alcoholic men and women to recovery. So I, I look up words and the text is a book used by students as a standard work. So this book contains the standard. So when I go to meetings and I hear, just don't drink and go to meetings, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. And it's not that I'm always right, but that's wrong. It doesn't say in this book to go to meetings and not drink. It says it's a program of action. In the foreword, it says, I love this book. So my friend came to my house every, every Sunday for two hours, and he read this book, word by word, line by line. And then he would look at me and take the statement that he just read, and suddenly it became a question. How in the world does that happen? I don't know, but I was like, you know, the bobblehead. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we, which by Dr. Seuss's definition, we, in case you don't think you're a part of the we, we is a group of people including me. I'm in. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And he looked at me and said, you got one of those? Got a hopeless state of mind? Got a hopeless state of body? Do you want to recover from it? Do you want to not have it anymore? Yeah, you betcha. So we went on, and you know, we went on and we went on, and we were flipping pages and reading things, and I'm like, are you kidding me? 
because I'd been sober a long time, and it's like I didn't know. This book, when he read it, when he shared it to me, when he's flipping pages and he's turning statements into questions, I'm like, I'm understanding things in an entirely new way. An entirely new way. And um, so it didn't take a year. Dr. Silkworth talks about the guy who came back after a year, after he had been out of treatment for a year. He says, I had this vague sense that I knew who he was, but I really couldn't quite put it together. After one year, he was unrecognizable. One year. I hope that if you see me again next August that I'm unrecognizable. I hope I've grown and changed so much by this plan, this design for living, that you won't even know who I was like, gosh, she seems so familiar, you know? And uh It didn't take a year. But he took me through that book and we went painstakingly through it. And then we started working these steps and we started, you know, looking at Bill's experience with things. We looked at we agnostics. And, you know, step two, I know I really didn't skip one, but I did learn more about my powerlessness. I learned about my mind not quite thinking right and that I can't think my way out of what I thought myself into. Okay? I can't. I need something else. And that comes in step two. A God as I understand him. And when I was new, I did not understand God at all. It made me bristle to think about him. I didn't like him. I didn't like anything associated with something called God. And you could dress it up any way you wanted, a higher power. It didn't matter what you dressed it up at. It was still the same thing, and I didn't like it. So he shared with me... Bill's thoughts about God, what he believed, what he didn't believe, what he thought about it. We read Agnostics. We went through that. We're picking things around in there. And um, he said, you need to make a few lists. You need to make a list of what you believe about God. And this is the crazy thing about all this work in these steps. There's no right or wrong answers. It's not a test. It's just where I am right now. What do you believe about God? What do you not believe about God? What are you not willing to give up for a better relationship with God? And there's another one, I don't remember it. And, um, oh, 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 all my spiritual religious prejudices. Write them all down. So I make my list, and then after I make my list, then he says to me, where is the statement, I believe that God can heal me of my alcoholism, that he can relieve me? Of my alcoholism. Where is that statement? Is that on the list of what I do believe about God or on the list that I don't believe about God? <sighs> Interesting question. So, what I understand about God is vitally important because in step three, I'm turning my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand Him. So, what I understand in step two, what I believe about Him, what I don't believe about Him, those are the things I understand. And I also, what I understand is the five things that I don't want to give up for a better relationship with them because I don't believe I'm going to get a better relationship with them. So I'm going to hang on to these just in case. I prove you right, God. So I turn to step three, and there we are, and we're confronted with the fact that I have to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him. Now I know what I understand. So yeah, you know what? I understand. I'm, I'm good with this. I'm understanding God so I can turn my will in my life over to care of him because I know he's going to care for me. I know that. 
I know it with certainty. I read the third step prayer. And it's that, relieve me of the bondage of self. Why? So I can better do your will. Why? Take away my troubles that victory over them may bear witness to you. See, it's not really about me at all. It's about God and it's about you. It's so I'm an example to you because I'm doing God's will. Relieve me of the difficulties so that victory over them may bear witness to you. And you go, ha. Because don't we all come in here hurting and broken and dying? And we want to be living and whole and victorious. I just didn't want to hurt. That's, that's how, what I thought when I got there. I just don't want to hurt. But you know what? I want to be living and breathing and whole and victorious. That's what I want in my life. And when I see somebody who is those things, it gives me hope and courage and strength for another day when maybe I'm not feeling it that day. So then we got done with that. We had to go, you know, right into that inventory. And there's lots of lists in that inventory. Some of those lists in the inventory are really stinking easy. The easy lists are who I'm mad at and why. Those are the easy lists in the inventory. But then there's a whole bunch of other columns in there that you get to do. Like my part. And I had problems with my part. I had problems with, um, don't you know who I am? I had problems with, if you'd only do what I wanted, I had problems with being the manipulator, the liar, the cheat. I had problems with the fact, confronted with the brutal fact, that what happens in me is when you do things that I don't like, that um, I don't think you should be doing, that I just, quite frankly, just don't like, then I withhold my love and affection from you until you start behaving rightly. So it, it makes it very difficult to stay married like that. And um, so I've been married four times. And I've been married this time for 12, four, oh, 14 years. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's the longest I've ever been married. Now, to tell you, if I stood up here and said I've never thought about leaving, I would be lying through my teeth. Because I think, I'm, you know, I... Do you know who I am? Do you know what I do? And in my head, I can just that quick go from loving my husband to dividing property. I know where the assets are. And um, you can have this, you can have that, but I am taking everything else. You can pack your bag and go. And it used to be I would leave. Now it's you can pack your bag and go. So, you know, it's... Some things change a little slower. I'm still married. I adore my husband. And... um, It's not to say we don't bristle. We were bristling last night, you know. But And so not until this morning did I make an amend for my little behavior and um, apologize. I said, I'm really sorry because I know I hurt you last night. And um, he's not an alcoholic, so he he doesn't say things like, really? I need better than that. He says things like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I got to go work. (laughs) Okay, so... I do that four step, and then I get, you know, you get to the conduct. And um, so I got my conduct, and I get all, and I'm like, I got fears too. I did my fears, did my my resentment, I do my fears, and I do my conduct. And all the way at the bottom of that page is, because you know what? I'm mad at you, I got a resentment to you. You're not the only one that's being affected by it. Everybody that I encounter is being affected by it. 
the kids, the dogs, the people at work, the lady at the grocery store, everybody is being affected by my resentment that I have towards you. So I have a whole lot of area that I need to mop up. So I get down to the bottom of that list and it says, uh, what's my ideal with this person? What do I want this to really look like? You know, I've been married four times. I got baggage, you know, and um, I brought baggage into my marriage, even though I thought I didn't. So my ideal with my husband, the very first time that I did this with my friend, was that I wanted, um, I wanted our life to be intimate, he and I, mentally intimate, emotionally intimate, and sexually, I wanted it to be intimate. I wanted it to be me and my husband, not exes in there. And, you know, I can set all this stuff at the door on any occasion. I can leave it all behind, but the minute, for somehow, the minute I walk into that bedroom, I'm picking up all that baggage I got and bringing it into the room and setting it all around the bed. And um, it really serves no purpose. So that's what I found there, And this is, but this is what I want now. This is what I want, and my friend taught me how to do this. So I shared this inventory with him in step five. It's like you got to share it to somebody. Now I'm sharing it with this guy who's showing me how to do this. And I'm like, really, how does that work? So I talked to my husband, I talked to my sponsor, and I talked to God about it. And I thought, you know what? I want, everybody said, you want the full experience of this experience. So go have this full experience. So I did. You know what he said? You need to rewrite some of this part. I'm like, really? Do you know who I am? <laughs> do you know how long I've been sober? I need to rewrite this? And he goes, yeah, and you need to break it down like this and like this. And I said, okay. So I went back and I rewrote it. And you know what? He was right. So I've learned that when I bristle, when I don't want to go, when, when my ego flares, when it's like, do you know who I am? You might just be right. You might just, and it, I want a new experience. I don't want to be the same. I want to be new in a year. I want to be new in less than a year. When does the newness start? When does the year begin? I don't even know. You know, shut up and keep working. Rewrite the stinking inventory, Lynn. Rewrite the inventory. So I rewrite the inventory. I go back, I share it again. And you know what? By the time I got to step six, I was entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character because I was in agony over them. I have two brothers. They were both adopted. They're nine and ten years younger than me. The second one, the, ten year, the one that's ten years younger than me, I adore him. I adored him from the moment he was three days old and came into our home. The other one, I didn't like from the beginning. I could not figure out why we needed brothers. And by golly, he has red hair. Are you kidding me? He doesn't even look like he belongs here. And so that was the... I was eight. <laughs> I was eight. I treated him like crap, and I got my other sisters to do it too. All very lovingly pointed out to me by my friend who was taking me through this book. So I could have written maybe on him as well, but I didn't. I rewrote the inventory. And I had to rewrite the inventory because when my daughter was four, she was molested by this brother. So I have this part of the inventory about him even showing up in my life and how bad I treated him. And I have this part of my inventory about him harming my daughter. So there, it was all bunched, muddled up together. Now they're separate. So I found out how horrid I was to him. 
and I would invite him to things, and um, but not treat him very nice. And mostly it was because I discovered in my inventory that I want him to see how wonderful my life is. I want him to see and know how much I am loved. I want him to see and know that I am better than him. Always have been, always will be. That's what I want him to see and know. And my friend lovingly pointed it out to me. And, um, and I felt full of shame and regret over my behavior. His behavior on the other spectrum didn't really matter. My behavior mattered. And um, so I called my brother and I told him that I needed to make amends to him. I, I told him that I needed to talk with him and could I come over and when would be good. Um, I had never been to my brother's house, ever. Never, ever, ever. And so he told me a day at a time and I said, okay, and I went. And, um, and I had a card made out with his name and you know I, I love if you follow this book it says exactly what to do but I couldn't get it I, you know I read the book one of my sponsors said you know my sponsor gave me a book said read the book if you have any questions let me know how do you know what the questions are when you read the book you don't know so so thank God thank God and um, so I had this card and I had his name and I had this is the harm I know I've caused you boom are there any other harms that I've caused you that I'm not aware of? Shut up, is what it says on the card. Shut up. Would you like to tell me how that affected you? Shut up and listen. Oh, God, really? This is my brother, Hank. The name says it all. And so we, there we are sitting outside, and, um, and I felt bad. I... I, I, um, I felt awful about my behavior. And I felt more awful when I shared this with him and his response was, I didn't know. I didn't even know. And he didn't even know because it had been all of his life that we treated him like that. And um, I felt, I, I really, I felt awful. And I said, I need to know what I can do to make this right. And he said, you don't need to do anything. And I said, I need you to think about it. <laughs> I need you to not let me off the hook. I need you to think about it, and I'll call you in a couple days. And, um, and I went home and I prayed. Between the time I wrote the inventory and between the time I made the amend, I asked God to heal my heart and to change my heart and to make him a brother of mine. And... Um, to seal that adoption in my heart. And by the time I went and I made that amend, he was my brother. I have two brothers today. When I talked to him a couple days later, he said, um, he goes, you don't need to do anything you already did. He goes, you, what you told me was, Magnificent. I love you a lot, and I'm glad that you're my sister. And I treated him horrifically. 
continued to take a personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. I'm good at prompt. I'm not good at taking it. You know, and um, <laughs> as long as we're being honest, um, I get lazy. And, um, and, I, and you know what? Really, if I'm not talking to somebody, I'm grading my own paper. And I'm always going to be at least a C average, you know. And um, so it's important that I talk to another person. Now, I... And I have, to, I have to even watch who I'm talking to because, you know, there's people who are going to give me a pass. I don't need a pass. It's still life and death. I'm sober 32 years. It is still life and death. And um, so don't give me a pass. If I call you, don't give me a pass. If you see me doing something, don't give me a pass. You're not helping me. So seeking is one of my favorite things. Seeking, you know, that relationship, that better relationship with God. Those five things on the list, I don't even know what they are. I would give up anything for a better relationship with God. Anything, anything, anything that you ask, I would give up for a better relationship. That he asked, I would give up for a better relationship with him. I love being in the throes of God. I love being in his presence. I, I was telling um, Somebody here today, a couple of people here today, I sang, I live a half hour, 40 minutes away, all the way here. I played one song over and over and over and, and sang it. So my arms are going in my car and then I get behind somebody at a traffic light and it was a girl and she's like spraying her hair. And I'm like, well, I guess our arms are all going for all different reasons. And, and um, I, I love, I love the fact that on January 1st, 1984, in my hopeless state of mind and body, in my moment of absolute desperation, I cried out and I said, my God, what am I going to do? And that relationship with my God was not even beginning to happen at that point in time, but you know what? He heard it. He heard my most desperate plea. And he said, hey. And in that moment, that desperation turned to hope. And in that moment... I gave. I gave up. I gave in. I've had all my old ideas cast to aside. A whole new set of ideas and thoughts and principles and all kinds of things have moved into my life. And I am not the same as I was a year ago. And I wasn't, I'm not the same as I was 32 years ago. And so I get to give it away. I get to share this with other people. And I get to, I've done, you know, after I went through this, I, I did a workshop. I've done, I, I don't know how many workshops I've done. A bunch of workshops. They're fabulous. I always learn something. I always get different. What happens is a whole lot of people come and then about two-thirds, three-quarters of those people leave. But I always end up with at least four at the end. We always have four. And, um, and we've always been through the mill. And I can always, I, you know, I'm showing somebody how to write the steps. I'm, I'm working the steps. I'm writing inventory while I'm showing you how to write inventory. I never in my life when I quit drinking, when I came here in January 1984, I never would have thought that this would be my life. It's a crazy life. It's a crazy life. And um, so today I try to help other people. And, you know, the, service, the comment in the book about being of maximum service to God and others and the people about you. God, or being of maximum service to God and the people about you. The people about me are not just in AA. I have a job. I work full-time. There's 17 people in the department that I work in. Those are the people about me. I, ha I talk to members, customers all day long. Those are the people about me. I have to be of maximum service to every one of those people every single day. That's my job. I work for God. 
my job is to be of maximum service, to not hold back, to not shirk my duties, my responsibilities, to not be less than honest, to not have less integrity than I might have a day or so ago. It's, it's the standard of work is in this book. And I'm really incredibly grateful that I was given the gift by my friend to go through that book and have been able to give that gift to other people wherever I go, whenever I can, whenever I am willing. My sponsor now, as I said, she's teach, teaching me a different little trick in there, and it's fabulous. I'm, it's like, how does this get rewritten all the time? It's like the words change, the ideas change. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm really thankful for the people that have come, the people that have shown me, and uh, my ability to still be learning and uh, to still be desiring to learn. Um, I, I thank you all for listening. I thank you for inviting me here. This has been incredible so far, and glad to participate. And thank you very much.